0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad. Well, people have long been fascinated by stories of haunted places and buildings. Many people have other people. We'll poo-poo them and say, it's not real, it's not anything. But I think everyone still has a tiny, tiny bit of fascination. Alberta certainly has a a history of great haunted stories. Some of those have now been documented, along with other stories from around the world, and published in a new book called Haunted Hospitals, eerie tales about hospitals, sanatoriums, and other institutions. And one of the authors is Edmonton's own Rhonda Parrish. She joins us this afternoon. Hi, Rhonda. Rhonda? Hi. Thank so, you so much for having me. Oh, I'm very excited. I've um, been going through the book and some of the stories just giving me goosebumps uh, <laughs> on on my arms. And, uh, you know, as I told you, I, I love stuff like uh, I love stuff like this. And I know a lot of our listeners in Chedville certainly do as well. And I'm asking them if they have any ghost stories to text me and let me know at 630, 630 so I can share a little bit later on. But maybe, uh, Rhonda, start with telling us how you got involved with writing this book, w- where did how did it all come about?
1: Well, we my family and I moved into Inglewood um, about fourteen years ago, and I was new to the city and I didn't know anything about the neighborhood. And we bought the house, and we like the day we took possession we were driving up the street away from the house and we're like uh what is that really big building up there <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out that it was the council hospital of course but i had no idea it was there and my husband like none of us had any idea it was there and so i became totally fascinated with it and everybody had haunted hospital stories yeah. about it it's like in the whole neighborhood so when i met mark leslie and he writes other kind of haunted stories i said you know I would by a haunted hospital. Yeah,
0: because, I mean, you could probably have, I know it says hospitals, sanatoriums, and other institutions. I think at, at first you are going to throw prisons in there as, as well. My gosh, you would have had, like, 20 books.
1: It would have been huge. <laughs> so there's only a little section on prisons. Okay, <laughs> maybe that's for another book.
0: So in it uh, you you, uh, you focus on on Canada, the US around the world, but you certainly have a big chunk on on Alberta and that's where I kind of want to focus on this afternoon and why don't we start with the Charles Campbell Hospital and you know the initial stories that you heard from there and Maybe you can share a little of the history because it changed over the years on who it was serving and and the people going through it.
1: It did. It was originally built by uh, the like the Jesuits, mm-hmm. I believe, for their mm-hmm. use, and then it was I, so. For the record, I focus mostly on the ghost stories, so that I'm I'm a little shaky on the history, but then it went from being the, the Jesuit hospital to, it was taken over by American engineers when they were up here, like, building the highways.
0: Yeah, then it was like the Edmonton Military Hospital. It was uh, used to treat uh, soldiers from uh, coming home from the war, mm-hmm. And then um, Indian Health Services at the time took it over. So it just kept changing and, and changing and changing. I love the stories, and maybe this is what I wanted to, wanted to get to because both of them freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> the daytime and the nighttime investigation of the Kamsel. Can you tell me about the daytime investigation with these, I guess, paranormal investigators. What happened there, and then we can look at the nighttime one.
1: So, Rona Anderson and uh, Ben Mike and were incredibly helpful when I was writing this book. They sat down and told me all of their stories about the Kamsville, and they were fascinated with it as well, and especially because of its history uh, as a, a TB hospital for Indigenous people and. It, Often people were, like, flown in to mm-hmm. be treated for TB, and they weren't necessarily, if they passed away here, they weren't necessarily returned back to their community. So there was a lot of questions around, you know, what had happened to them, and questions start rumors, and rumors can cause ghost stories. Yeah. So Rona and Ben went into the hospital uh, during the day, and they they the first thing that happened is they were looking at, like, an X-ray machine, through an infrared camera, and there were, should have been no power to it, but the x-ray machine was, like, glowing. Hmm. And then they, intrigued by that, they put, like, a recorder on the shelf by the machine and went off to look at the rest of the hospital, and then when they came back and listened to the recorder, it caught a whole bunch of noises that there, it couldn't have, like, logically been explained, like tools banging against like metal things and drawers that weren't even in the room.
0: And, and it was silent to the rest uh, uh, mm-hmm. around
1: them? Wasn't there, didn't
0: someone, didn't they hear a name being called as well? I think that, oh, they did, that's right. Yeah. I was,
1: first I thought that was at the night, but during the day, they also, yeah, on the recorder, they could hear somebody, like, yelling for Karen. Man. But on the recorder, but in real life, they couldn't. They
0: couldn't hear anything.
1: They hear anything.
0: Okay, so that was the daytime, and and for some reason, <laughs> so I, I guess if that's what the job that you do, you're now intrigued and thought, okay, we're gonna go back in the nighttime. Whereas everybody else, it's like in the in the haunted uh, the movies, it's like, no, don't go in the in the garage. Look at their saws swinging from the door. No, oh yeah, I'm gonna go in there. No, don't go. But these guys went back at nighttime.
1: At nighttime. And lots of stuff happened. So much stuff. It they uh they got in they weren't 100 percent sanctioned to be there Mm -hmm. (laughs) but they got in and they had like a whole camera crew and a ton of people and recorders and all of the you know like the the tools that Mm -hmm. paranormal investigators would have with them and they got so many stories i think my favorite is actually it's kind of a subtle story the one about the elevator yes yes go ahead <laughs> so they were rona and ben like part of the party split up because the hospital is huge and rona and ben went down to the morgue because of course that's where you're going to go mm-hmm. <laughs> and there was a bunch of equipment and stuff in there but there was two elevators to take down and one was running and the other one was not and it didn't even have any kind of power so they take the elevator that works down to the morgue and they're in the morgue looking around and then they hear the ding in the hallway of an elevator and the sound of the doors opening so they look around the corner to see which one of their friends have come down the elevator and it's the non-operational elevator that has arrived and the doors have opened come on (laughs) come on and then because you know they don't run away from the scary things they run to them they, like, started to go to the elevator because they wanted to see where it was, like, what was going on. Mm. But just as they got there, the doors closed, and the elevator started to go up. And it had no power. It had no power, and there was nobody in it.
0: Oh, I got goosebumps. <laughs> I got goosebumps, Rhonda. Can you tell us the story um, from that um, that nighttime visit? Um, I think it was uh, Ronna, Rona who had the... Um, she ran into a young girl, a, a, about a fifteen-year-old girl. In the book, it says she did. She ran into
1: so Rona sees things that most of us don't see, um, and so she she saw a girl there who was a teenage girl, and she was uh, about fifteen, and she was dressed in a hospital gown. But Rona thought that she was actually probably from around the like the late seventies. Okay. And she was a Caucasian girl, and her long hair kind of kept moving her face because she was, you know, hanging her head, mm-hmm. and she was very upset, and her wrists were wrapped because it looked like she tried to kill herself. Yeah. And she was really twitchy and scratching, and she just kept saying, when are mom and dad coming to pick me up? <laughs> because all she wanted was for her parents to come and get her. Mm.
0: That's so sad. Yeah, yeah, very sad. It's just... Um yeah. Okay. Some people want to know what kind of drugs everyone was on when, when all of this happened. And again, so you know, there's non-believers and there's folks, and, and you know, I'm going to hear from them saying, "Oh no, this is just a bunch of, of crock and, and that sort." Of. What what do you say to, to those folks, Rhonda, who are so skeptical skeptical about uh, stories like this?
1: Well, I'm pretty skeptical too, actually, um, and. I apologize for that actually in the book. I'm like, if you know, if I use the words allegedly or supposedly or apparently a lot, that's totally on me because I'm also dubious. Yeah. But I believe that people believe what they're telling me. Mm hmm. And I believe in energy. Yeah. And I also really like scary stories. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like scary stories too. So
0: if you don't mind, can I put you on hold and then we come back? Can we talk about the Edmonton General Hospital? Absolutely. All right. It's Rhonda Parrish. She is a uh, co-author of a new book out. It's called Haunted Hospitals, Eerie Tales About Hospital Sanatoriums and Other Institutions. It does have a big hunk on uh, Alberta in there talking about the Campbell hospital. And, you know, Andrew's told you the story on this show about sneaking in there uh, one night and... Uh almost getting into trouble. But uh, the campsels in this book as long, uh, uh, as well as the Edmonton General Hospital, Pembina Hall over the University of Alberta, uh, we'll touch on that as well. And if we have time, we'll head down to Lethbridge and take a look at uh, the Galt Hospital as well. If you have a ghost story, you can let me know at six thirty six thirty. 630, 630. Uh, Give me a text or you can email me at jaylin at 630 com. Thanks to everyone texting in at 6.30, 6.30, sharing their thoughts on uh, ghosts, haunting spirits energy, some of your experiences that you've gone through. We're talking with Rhonda Parrish who helped pen the book Haunted Hospitals and part of it focuses on some uh, hospitals, some spots in uh, Edmonton and uh, in Alberta. We talked about the Campbell, and there's been a long, long history of, of stories uh, uh, about that hospital and, and what may or may not be going on there with spirits. Uh, but the Edmonton General Hospital as well, there's uh, three stories, not, not a whole lot of information on these uh, three hauntings is what they're called, but uh, Rhonda Parrish is going to fill us in on that one. And maybe we we'll start at the, um, I think it was, uh, is it Ward 8B? Uh,
1: ward 8B, that apparently that used to be the pediatric ward. Mm-hmm. And people claim to have heard the sounds of kids crying there.
0: Yeah, but there's but no there's, children around anywhere. No. Now, these stories, had they just been passed down or where did, you know, the council, there's, there's so many. And I know all sorts of people have stories about that. But when it comes to, like, the general, um, where, did, where did you find these stories from?
1: The, when it comes to, like, the general where I couldn't find a, a specific person to talk to about mm-hmm. it, it got really tricky because a lot of the stuff that you find is just people repeating the same yeah. thing, but you can't find the original source. So uh, for the general, and specifically, I had to largely go with tracking things back yeah. as far as I could go. Okay. So the other two
0: hauntings um, uh, at the Edmonton General they involve apparitions or, or ghosts, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Tell us about that. Uh,
1: so on the, the eighth floor, apparently, people have seen a full-bodied apparition of a person, and... They've actually apparently also seen her on the sixth floor hmm. and, and uh, she's crying and, you know, legend says that she's looking for her lost child, huh. Huh. which the storyteller Amy wants to connect back to the crying children. Right? Yes,
0: yeah, of course, of course. Now, oftentimes when we hear kind of stories about possible hauntings in, in buildings, um, oftentimes it can be a former employee who might have died there, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the case in the third story.
1: It is, and that—that's the the story where people reported having uh, seen the ghost of a man who used to work there and who died. And those are really tricky to write about because it's real people, and yeah. you want to respect them and their their family, right? So I've tried to be kind of yeah. vague
0: about those. Yeah, of course. Um, I want to move on to a couple of things. Actually, um, the Pembina Hall story—it's—it's um, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of—it's a love story. Pembina Hall over at uh, the University of Alberta. What it's—it's um, it's like a residence over there, isn't it? It is.
1: Yeah.
0: But it wasn't already. It wasn't always a, a residence. It was used for other things.
1: Yeah, it used to be, uh, like, have classrooms and offices in the anatomy department. And then uh, when the with the Spanish flu outbreak, after the First World War, there was so many people getting sick that the hospitals couldn't contain them, so they yeah. were repurposing buildings, and that was one of the ones that got used as a hospital for a
0: while. Okay.
1: Um, and there is a,
0: a story involving Pamela Hall, which involves a, a soldier who
1: had passed away. Can you tell us? I, I love this story. It is... It's one of those stories that's incredibly unlikely because of the timing but it's so fantastic that you just I'll talk about it so yeah. the, <laughs> what happened is there was this couple who fell in love and then the war started so he went off to war and she went off to nursing school and then at the end of the war when she was working as a nurse in Pemba Mahal the her love came back with the Spanish flu mm, okay so she like nursed him, tried to get him back to health, but then he died. Okay. And, and people of see ghosts. <laughs> was was not a, a nice way to die. No, not at all. And then so she was devastated, and ran to the river and threw herself in. Oh wow! Okay. But people say that you can like see a ghostly couple now sometimes in the halls, <laughs> in you know the woman in a nurse's uniform and a dude in army fatigues. Wow, okay. So they got their happy ever after. Well,
0: yeah, just in a different spot, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, Rhonda, one more story, because I I did, um, and and we're going to head down to Lethbridge for this one, because when I was reading it, um, it, I I was fascinated by this one, as well as at the Galt Hospital, and you were dealing with a a woman by the name of uh, Belinda Crowson, and she was talking about um, George. Can you tell us
1: about this? I love that George, George is the ghost. To the galt uh hospital it's, it's a museum now but it used to be a hospital and george is said to haunt the elevator and he operates the elevator you know he'll run it to the wrong floors and sometimes he'll trap people for several hours <laughs> <laughs> uh, and one woman um, belinda said that when she was there was a woman who who came in, and she was just trying to go to the top floor. And she got on the elevator, and she pushed up. And the elevator went down to the basement. And she was like, uh... And when the elevator arrived, there was a man standing there. And she was like, wait, I can see through this guy. Oh, my goodness. But well, when she talked about it, someone just said, oh, yeah, that's just George. Right? I love that. <sighs> it happens at, at so many haunted hospitals, actually. There was a room in a hospital in, um oh... Kentucky, I think. And the, people would walk by this room, and there would be screams coming out of this empty room, and the the nurse who was freaked out by this went to the staff room and was like, oh, there's screams in the empty room. And the people who'd worked there for a while were like, yeah, we just don't go by there anymore. Wow, Rhonda, listen, <laughs> to, th- listen to this. I had uh, a text that just uh,
0: came in. It says it's from number one nurse, and it says, I used to be a manager at the Edmonton General Hospital. We reopened the unit that... Um, Oh, hold on a sec. Yeah. We reopened the unit that was the pediatric unit. Staff talked about the lady so often that she had the chaplain come and bless the unit and ask them to move on. Wow. Did it help? I don't Wonder- yeah. Did it help? We'll find out from number one nurse. And someone else says, hogwash. Come on, hogwash. <laughs> um, someone else said there's a resident ghost at the cross as well. I never saw it when I nursed there, but he was seen by a number of nurses and two admin people as they were leaving during the reno's In the early 90s, the doors were closing on the elevators. The floor had been cleared and a man was seen at the end of the hall. He stood there, walked into one of the rooms. They heard the door close, went and opened the door and there was no one in the room. Take it for take it for what it's worth. I mean, for those of you who enjoy stories like this, who do believe in an afterlife, who believe in ghosts or spirits or energies, um, you're you're going to love There's going to be folks out there that's going to say, "Yeah, hogwash." But again, um, y- you can use it for great entertainment, Rhonda. And mm-hmm. I want to thank you for joining us. It's Rhonda Parish, uh, co-author of Haunted Hospitals. The book is available. It's available right now, isn't it, Rhonda?
1: I think officially it's available on Saturday, but I saw copies and chapters.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, copies and chapters, so lots of stuff from across Canada, lots of stuff from around the world. Rhonda, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I, again, I love stuff like this. A couple more of uh, your texts coming in. Oh, well, it says, hey, Jan, oh, this is from uh, Janice. Hey, Jilin I'm wondering if your guest has heard of a place called Tranquil near Kamloops. It was a place used for TB patients and the mentally ill. It's now abandoned. Quite a creepy place. There is a place in uh, Traverse City, Michigan, and the only reason I know about it is because I'm going to Traverse City, uh, Michigan in a couple of weeks. And uh, my sister in law, I think it was an old. TB sanatorium as well. And it's been shut down, but they've turned it into a restaurant now. A restaurant place where you can go have lunch and drinks. Mm, Okay. And Michael sent this one in says, I don't believe in ghosts, but I believe people experience things that may or may not be easily explainable. I had an experience in my house years ago. Around 10 a.m. while watching TV with my cats, I heard three loud bangs at the back door. The cat sat up. I turned down the volume. Then again, three loud bangs. You could hear the glass in the door rattle. The cats got up low to the floor and looked to the door. Then again, three loud bangs and what sounded like someone going downstairs. The cats bolted under the bed. I grabbed the biggest knife I had and checked the door. It was locked, fresh snow outside, no footprints. I checked the basement, nothing. I don't know what it was. It spooked me, but it was a really Awesome experience, and I think sometimes you really have to watch your dogs and cats. Your animals seem to know. Again, if you believe that sort of stuff, and I tend to. Um, but again, haunted hospitals is the books. Thank you to Rhonda Paris for joining me this afternoon. You can keep sharing your stories; I would love to hear them. Uh, we do have an interview coming up after the three thirty news. Another one that I'm fascinated about. We're going to go from haunted buildings to an amazing find to an amazing find up. In Fort McMurray a few years ago, and it's resulted in the discovery of a new species of dinosaur, and it is so well preserved they're calling it the Mona Lisa of dinosaurs, saying that it could possibly be the best preserved specimen in the world. We'll tell you all about that coming up. The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.